everybody. Welcome to another edition of My Darkest Hour. So glad to be back. Been doing so many things. I'll tell you the, the filming that we've been doing. It's just been crazy. But we're finally wrapping it up. So we're going to have a new episode out for you guys. Make sure you go to Paraflix and subscribe. Follow us on iHeartRadio, Live Paranormal, uh, Google Podcasts. The list goes on and on and on. I'll have all the links in the settings. And also don't forget to go to our YouTube channel. I uh, really appreciate all the feedback and glad you guys are enjoying the content that we're having, especially on the TikTok thing. That's I'm just putting stuff up there and you guys are loving it. And I really appreciate that. And I love all the comments. I hope you're having a great experience. So moving forward, I got a great guest on tonight. Uh, a lot of you guys know that I was a speaker at the Parapod Festival uh, back in April, which was amazing. We did the, 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 the ghost town and everything, and you guys were along for that ride. That was very, very great, but I'm glad to have uh, one of the speakers who was there, um, Kobe Rebel, a lot of you guys know about. Uh, she's a well-known psychic, internationally known, does a lot of great work. Um, she's been nominated or actually received uh, Best Psychic of Los Angeles in 2022, so that wasn't that long ago. So I'm sure she's just doing the same exact thing and, and kill it out there for all the people who want to reach out to her. You can always follow her on colbyrebel.com. That's C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-B-E-L.com. Check it out. You know, book a session. You know, she's she's really good, uh, world-renowned. A lot of people will trust her. Uh, I am looking forward to bringing her on, so let's just go ahead and do that. You know, we're going to bring her on to the show right now and get this party started. Come out of the green room, and here she is. Hello there, how are you? Hi. Great to see you. Thanks for joining me uh, today. Uh, like I was saying, you know, we got a lot of followers, and they, they follow us either with the audio. One thing I noticed that a lot of people, the ratings go up on the weekend. So I realized that people are cleaning their houses and putting the podcast on the background listening to it. So uh, I totally get it. So we'll get a lot of hits on that. Plus, the video on the YouTube channel as well. So thank you for joining us. So like I was telling you in the beginning, I like to talk about the history, you know, where we came from, what we did, and how the involvement of what we do. I, I do a lot of the paranormal interviews, and I see people who get into the paranormal, and I always ask them about that. Uh, with you being psychic, let's go back to the beginning, and can you tell us about growing up as a child and your development and how you discovered uh, you were psychic. Yeah, thanks, Stefan. Uh, it's really interesting. So my very first experience happened at the age of four. So, and it was, it's still such a clear memory for me. My grandfather who had recently passed uh, came to visit me, just came to my bedside and uh, went and I went and uh, told my mom just kind of what he was saying. And and so my mom was really uh, shocked, as one could imagine. And uh, but I didn't feel fear or worry. And another time we were going to go rent a house, and I walked into a house, and in the back room uh, there was a cedar closet, and there was just the spirit of a lady in the closet. <laughs> so you know that was interesting. She she didn't want us moving in, and. Uh, so again, I told my mom. So I was always in a position of telling someone. It, it, I was never afraid. It, it didn't make me 
worried and it never closed down. I know for a lot of kids out there, it, it tends to close down between 10 and 12. But for me, it was always with me. I just don't think we put our finger on like, oh, I'm a medium. Oh, I'm psychic. It just throughout school and experiences and knowing things, it became more apparent in my adulthood. Oh, that's the label we put on it. The label we put on it is psychic medium. <laughs> um, but I, you know, and I still believe everybody can do it. And so that's why I didn't really think anything of it. And it just wasn't until I realized how precise it could be for somebody else that there was something special here. And that's why I left my accounting career to become a full-time psychic medium. Oh, you're muted. Oh, like I was saying, uh, I just didn't want any background noise to interfere with what you're saying. Uh, when you were a child, you would have to explain to your, your parents or whoever is like, well, hold on. There's somebody over here hanging out in the closet, or there's there's uh, grandpa's here. He's visiting, and he says hi, and he's looking for something. You know, these are such great uh, beginning stories. Uh, I was thinking about it the other day. For me, you know, I'm I'm known, I'm well known as a paranormal investigator. You know, yeah. I've been doing that for over 30 years. But I grew up psychic, and that's how I started. And when I wanted to become more involved with the paranormal i want to do from the scientific aspects i already had my thing going on but i was thinking about the first spirit that i remember like being older like of course i'm a little baby and i'm looking at things <laughs> some of you're talking to whatever wasn't there and i'm like okay but the first time i was really um focused on a spirit uh, was my uncle who passed away oh I remember we were leaving his funeral and I'm sitting in the back seat and I'm just, and I'm pretty young still. And I'm just like looking out the window and stuff. And I see him, I see him everywhere. We're yeah. driving down a road and there's a car on the side and that person, I look at the car and, and that's him. He's just like staring at me passing by, you know, and I kept seeing him everywhere. So I, I kind of put those together. I was like, wow, you know, our families are always with us. Yes. And come to visit, you know, and I love the stories of grandpa. I woke up and there was grandpa and he was smiling and he was talking to me or whatever, you know, we, we always feel the loss when our family dies and passes, but we always have to remember they come back all the time. All we got to think of do is think about them and they're going to come back to us. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And it's a lot of times I know for people, uh, you know, they, may hear a song and that makes them think of a loved one or they may see something like a sign or a symbol and again makes them think of the loved one and what i try to encourage them to remember is their loved one was already around them so the loved one sent them the song the loved one sent them that sign or symbol so you may think of your it's almost like we think we're going backwards oh we're thinking of them no they're they're already connecting to us, which is why we have the inspiration to see the sign or hear the song or uh, see the symbol. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Being a psychic and you're, you're already out and you're talking about it and you're discussing it with people, uh, does anybody ever come to you and think, ask you, well, I might be psychic, but I don't know. And, and how do you help them with that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I actually train uh, a lot of students to help deepen their connection, really understand their gifts. You know, it is something that you can practice and get better at if you have the, uh, the gifts, so to speak. And, you know, when someone asks me, do I have it? There's just a certain few things that you ask them, you know, uh, you know, you recognize there's a few characteristics as, as I'm sure you know, Stefan is, uh, one is someone who's psychic is very empathic. They can feel the emotions of somebody else. They can kind of walk into a situation, engage it without even knowing anyone. You'll know someone's personality, maybe something they're thinking. You'll pick up on the dynamics of something. You know, that perception, that clear perception is a psychic faculty. So, or you, you meet someone and you just have a feeling that they have a father on the other side or feeling like something just happened. Right. And again, that is, uh, that extra sensory coming in. So when these experiences happen, that really starts to direct me up. Yes. Something's going on with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And like we're talking about in the beginning, everybody has that little bit inside of them because you yeah. develop it. A lot of people, uh, it kicks in after they've had an accident or a traumatic experience. A lot of people have the ability, they just need to learn how to focus on it and expand uh, their emotions and their, their vibration, yes. you know, putting their feelers out there and it's what they're experiencing. Yes, absolutely. We call it expanding your awareness. You know, the more you can expand your awareness, uh, then you pick up on things so quickly and easily. A thought, a picture, a feeling, a knowingness, a taste, a smell, all of those come in much more clearly. Yeah, I've experienced that a lot lately. I've, I have my mom's car. When she passed, she wanted me to have her car because it's a really nice car. And sometimes when I get it in it, I just get hit with this yes. whiff of perfume or a certain smell. And I'm just like, Mom, you hear like her vanilla like hand lotion that she used to love and stuff. And I smell that like a lot lately. Oh, but yeah. I've always been walking around saying I miss my mom, thinking about my mom, my mom, and all of a sudden get in the car and it's just overwhelming. It's like, oh, hey, mom. Yeah, she wants to make sure you're driving her car okay, so she's going to drive with you. <laughs> yeah. Slow down, slow down. Yeah, she yeah. That kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. All right. So um, you've already talked to your, your, your family about you being psychic. You were talking about how you were feeling about your grandpa. And what was their reaction? Did they say, oh, it runs in the family, or that's interesting, or, or what did they say to you? When I first came out of the spiritual closet, as we like to say, so the first person I ever told was my sister. So she was the first family member. So it's an interesting story I'll, I'll share if you don't mind. Uh, so I was in tax accounting. I was a tax manager at that time. But this was the calling was just so strong and so clear. And uh, I knew I was going to make the move. So I call my sister to tell her and she was excited. She was really right on board and I think she got it right away. And I hung up the phone and then I called her back and I said, you know, I, I really feel something about you. Do you mind if I tell you and it's really personal and private, but is that okay? And she said, yeah, of course, whatever you want to say. And I said, I have a feeling your husband is cheating on you. Oh. And she was like, 
oh my God, I haven't told anyone. I have been suspecting him. I can't get into his phone. Things are really strange and things are really weird. I haven't been eating. I've been so stressed. And I said, well, let's catch him. <laughs> so then it became this mission of me, my grandmother, and my cousin and a friend. And I'm 3,000 miles away here. They're in New Jersey. And we set it up. And sure enough, if she did not literally catch him red-handed um, coming, coming home with this girl. And I said to my sister, you know, I don't want you to worry. This other guy is coming into your life. This is what he looks like. You're meeting him at work. It is going to be the most amazing and loving relationship you're ever going to have. So she, you know, obviously filed for divorce. And I think about a year or so later, she met this person at work uh, that literally looked exactly as I said. And they've been together, I think, like 10 years now and completely happy. So, you know, although we have these difficult situations and that one's a, a bit really uh personal. Um, you know, it is, it's good for her to have that clarity of like, Hey, you know what? I'm not crazy. I thought he was, I had that feeling I was being, you know, my intuition was up. I just couldn't. So the fact that I come in and say it really validates her as well. And I think that that's a, a really cool thing. So my family is unbelievably on board. And I think some of the skeptics have even come around. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah. You know, people are trying to challenge what you're doing and all of a sudden like, well, wait a minute. That's yes. funny because she told me this one thing and that just happened. How how interesting is that? Yeah, it is. It's super interesting, isn't it? Right. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And I love that when you when you get the skeptics start questioning that their their thoughts about it. Yeah, you there's know, no they, way she could have known it. No, there's no they know logically there's no way I could have known. It. And so they start to go, huh. I can't explain it, but there has to be something. <laughs> yeah, that, that's incredible. All right, let's talk about, um, you were saying you used to do accounting or whatever. You worked in an office, mm -hmm. and then you had the moment where you decided to take that leap of faith and say, you know what, I'm going to go over here and do this for a while and see how this works out. So talk about that, because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like that. They're on the fence of making that big next move, but they're not sure. Like, uh, I don't know. Yes, especially, you know, for for all my friends out there, you know, you have your comfy job, right? It's you get paid well, maybe you're on salary, you get medical vacation. It's consistent. It's reliable. It, you know, it's hard to leave that security, especially to embark on something that you're not exactly sure how that's going to work out or to embark on that kind of entrepreneurship. But you'll start to know it because you'll have a really hard time focusing at the regular job. You have a hard time focusing. You'll keep feeling that nudge. You're not doing what you're meant to do. You're meant to do more. It's time to move on. You're going to be okay. Like it's all these nudges, but then simultaneously on the outside world, things are coming up at work, right? Maybe, uh, there's some tension with some coworkers or there's some drama with the boss or all of a sudden they're, they're not as happy or, you know, maybe the customer's not as happy. Like it becomes more dynamic of the universe starting to shift. It's starting to shift so that 
it makes it easier because you're unhappy. You know, you're just unhappy. And I know for me, a big, big light bulb moment. I had this amazing office. So we were in Beverly Hills. I'm on, you know, one of the top floors. I've got this beautiful window view. And I just get up from my desk and I look out and I felt like a fish in a fishbowl. So unfulfilled, so trapped, so not living my purpose. And I just reached out to spirit and I said, okay, I'm going to stop getting in my own way. I'm going to do this. And if I'm not meant to, then you pull me out of it, but I'm going to stop pulling myself out. And from then on, I just started to do professional readings and it took about two years to make that full transition. But I left that full-time job. I went for an old manager, worked just two days a week, maybe to just help balance out those finances. And then once I had uh, a roster that was supporting full time, I just quit everything. And that was uh, over 10 years ago now. Are you there? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. I, it, it froze for a second there, and I wasn't I, sure if, you, if, it, if it was just my computer or what. So I'm sorry I didn't get that last part. But okay. yeah, exactly that. You 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 come into this realization uh, of your life. It's like yes. okay, I'm just like you said, a fish in a fishbowl, swimming around, just doing the laps, and just kind of getting through. And a lot of people are like that. You know, it's funny because I I. I, I, this was millionaire guy and I was talking to him and I said, well, what, what are the steps basically to become a millionaire? And one of the first things he said was, don't take a paycheck. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you mean? You have a side. He's like, yeah, I get it. But don't be in a point where you're just complacent, taking some paycheck, working for somebody else to get through. If right. you want to succeed. You have to rely on yourself. What do you want to do? And it's like, wow, that's great. I'm going I'm to quit my job and just focus on doing the paranormal radio stuff and the TV stuff that I'm doing. It's like, I never thought about that. And then I have a, a well-known friend, uh, John Zaffis, who's a very, very huge paranormal investigator in the world. And he said the same thing. He was working at some job and he was just miserable all the time. And then he told his his wife about it and she says well why don't you just focus on the paranormal for now because he ended up losing his job at one point so he's at the crossroads again what am i going to do now mm-hmm. so i said just invest in yourself and that's right. what he did he wrote he wrote the book for the movies the conjuring which is a true story and all this stuff and things started lining up for him he started following his own path and his own dreams and the universe was giving it to him so yeah go man go this is you and it just makes sense. And, I, and I, I get a lot of people are scared to do that, but sometimes you have to just rely on yourself and just go for it because that's how dreams are made. I, you yeah. Know, you, might, you might not make millions and millions of dollars, but you'll make enough to survive to keep doing it, but you'll love what you do every single day. You look forward to the next move. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is I try to remind people, you know, some people are like, well, what if I don't make enough money? Or what if I can't do it? What if I fail? And it's kind of like, think about your life. I mean, how many times did you really not show up for yourself? How many times did you not be able to figure something out? How many times were you scared, uh, but you did it and you succeeded? So, you know, when you are your own boss, you know, you're going to be there for yourself. You're going to show up for yourself. And yeah, you may have fear and you may have challenges and uh, obstacles to overcome, but you're right. There's such an invested interest and passion that it, it really results in fulfillment that you simply cannot measure. Absolutely. I mean, you're the boss. You're doing everything you want to do your way. Uh, you're not going to be late for your work because you're already there. That's right. You know, that's it, a huge thing. And following your dreams. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? We're growing yes. up, we're learning, we're supposed to be chasing our passions, our dreams. And sometimes it's not what we learn in school. Sometimes we discover it uh, on the outside, it's just in our life. And that's yes. what we bring to, to the, our forefront of our, our goals. Yes, absolutely. So you're an author. Let's talk about your books. You wrote the book, uh, Leap of Faith, How to Build Your Spiritual Business, Leap of Faith. And that's what we're talking about. Yes. Those who are getting those crossroads and just going for it and just hoping for the best. Let's see what's happened. Tell us about your book. So that book really was as soon as I left accounting, as soon as I was done any accounting, I sat down and spent three months just writing that book because I didn't want to forget all of the tax accounting side of things to help other uh, other healers or uh, spiritual entrepreneurs build their own spiritual business. And I knew the ins and outs type of entities, deductions, all this stuff that a lot of creative people don't necessarily know. So I wanted to just help others, you know, find their voice and give them some direction on the back end business side of things on how to do it. And then the second book I wrote was Psychic Senses. And that was really, you know, how to tune in and build your intuition, your psychic and your mediumship gift. So that was more like if you are studying this, how do you get into it, learn, grow with it? And then the last one, I've done kind of a live uh, coffee with Colby just for years now. And it's just like a little chat live. And it's filled with a lot of inspirational things from spirit, like spirit messages, universal messages. So we just kind of put those uh, into a book with 365 messages. So you can open the book and have a message for yourself and makes a great gift and just oh, something a little cool. bit for everybody. How fun is that? That sounds great. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. And where can people find your books? I know you can go to the website uh, and and have the links here, but where else can they find the book? They can also find them uh, on Amazon. Amazon has the books. That's going to be the quickest way, especially if you're prime. <laughs> Absolutely. Get it tomorrow. Order it mm -hmm. now. Yes. Awesome. So that's Leap of Faith, How to Build Your Spiritual Business and Psychic Senses. Make sure you guys check those out. Um, if you do review her or whatever, let her know what you think of the book. Uh, give her a thumbs up. Make sure everyone follows her. Go ahead and link that. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, so for the future, like, 
Not for the future. I'm sorry. But for right now, what do you spend most of your time doing? Are you getting a lot of bookings? You're spending time with clients? Yeah. So at the moment, right, the client roster is uh, pretty busy and full, which is great because I love I love just connecting with people in a one on one session. You know, you it, it is really nice to give someone that clarity, that connection to, to really help them when they are at a crossroads in their life. And I'm also doing some events. So I have quite a few live events coming up. They're going to be on the East Coast. Uh, they're coming up in October. So we're really preparing for that. And uh, and I know another book is coming. I'm just kind of waiting to write it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be writing it very, very soon. That's awesome. Looking forward to that. That'll be great. Thank you. Awesome. So you're very busy, of course. Um, what about your radio show? I know you did the Colby Rebel show with yeah. the podcast and you uh, got best spiritual podcast, which is awesome. Congratulations on that. Uh, when do you have time to do all these things that you're doing? Thank you. Yeah. The Colby Rebel show was super cool. I can't believe I got that award. I was very, very um, honored and surprised and it was really great. Uh, I do that show once a week live and, you know, I love it because it's an opportunity to give back to people. So, you know, it also shows the process live, uh, you know, without all the editing. You know, you have all the TV shows and everything, but they're so overly edited that I think people have a misconception that, you know, that's how a reading goes. And it's like, wow, yeah, post-edit, post-production. So I like to do it live so that someone a, they get the experience as a community to to watch something, to get a feel for it. And, you know, they also get to see that process live and, and to see how genuine and authentic and that, you know, there's something so special there. So that's what we do. And then sometimes I have guests on the show, which is still really fun and cool. So, yeah, that's the, the Colby Rebel Show and kind of what we do around it. That's awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun, too. I love it. And yeah, what, I love doing it. And, and what nights and where can people find your show? So the Kobe Rebel Show is live Thursday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And the easiest place to watch it really is uh, Facebook Live. If they're on my Facebook page, my professional page, that's the best and easiest place for, for them to watch it. Oh, that's awesome. So we can just go through their Facebook stuff and all of a sudden, hey, it's time. And that's right. Link yeah. and come check it out. Yeah, and if they uh, follow my page, so for anyone who follows my page, I usually put an announcement on it. So you'll kind of get an alert that I made a post. And so when you see that, you can submit your name and submit your story. And if you're chosen, then we send you a link to bring you on the, the show for a free reading. Oh, that's awesome. See, you yeah. can watch a show and get a chance to get a reading. That's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of fun. That's cool. So what about the future? What do you have planned? You gonna, I know you just said you're working on another book. It's going to be coming out. You're going to start working on that. Um, what about for any more appearances? Are you doing any more uh, conventions coming up? I've not, nothing that's on the books yet, but, you know, there is some plans for – uh, maybe some TV appearances and things like that. So we're trying to in the works with some things um, to kind of get that word out there a little bit more and to share the message of spirit. You know, I don't do uh, paranormal work. I've always been interested. So w what's interesting too, Stefan, a little kind of 
a little secret about me. I am obsessed with true crime. I mean, you know, there's just such an ability that when we have something, I can just kind of tune into the victim or the perpetrator. And it's, you know, it's this unbelievable thing that I find fascinating. And there's also a, a definitely interest in the paranormal. I just think sometimes there's a darker side of it that maybe doesn't exactly work for me, but I still love, you know, the idea and the energy of what's happening or what did happen, you know, the residual energy that we're picking up on. So I, you know, I could totally see myself doing something in those genres at some point, just because I, I do really love them. It's just more of how, how can it be represented in a beautiful way rather than a fear-based way? You, you know what I'm saying? And that's how I would yeah. love to, to be a part of it. Yeah. I, some of the shows nowadays, it's all based on fear. You know, I, I'm, I'm known for ghost adventure. I do a lot of ghost adventures. And their primary is looking for negative entities and stuff, looking for yes. darker, mm -hmm. darker shades, so to speak. And I totally get it because that's what people want to watch. They want to be frightened. They want to watch this show and go, oh, my God, they're in the dark and there's something, there might be something in there. Somebody got possessed in that room once. Oh, my God. You. You know, and, and I get it. I get it. Uh, I, I used to do a show that was a lot like that. We're trying to find the problem and we're going to cast it out. We're going to, we're going to throw down, you know, and then I started thinking about it. I'm like, what are we doing? You know, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I watched uh, some of the other shows do that. And I'm always brought on as a consultant for HBO or whatever I'm working on. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking to present a story about a, either a person, a place or a thing. And I started doing these uh, very beautiful Victorian houses that have a lot of hauntings and stuff on it. And, and yeah. I, I did a show with um, a big, big paranormal TV show. And it was just focused on these little things. And that was what the show was about, trying to get reaction from these little, these little spirits. And I'm like, wow. They have totally missed this giant property, this beautiful home that goes back to the 1800s and the people who lived here were legends. And like, they're not even talking about that. So I decided, you know, I met the owners and I went back and I said, hey, I'm gonna do a documentary now at your house and I'm gonna investigate this one. With, you know, open and love and, and the spirits of the house saw that I was doing that. I wasn't the regular guys coming in trying to provoke someone or, or talking smack. I said, hey, have fun with me. You know, I got all this stuff. Let's play together. Let's talk. You know, I love yeah. your house. I love this. And it changed everything. And, and then uh, I started getting into that habit and it's been going really good. So my new show is all about many documentaries about these beautiful places and the homes and the people. Some of them aren't so great. They're not very nice people sometimes, but there are a lot of good ones. But I just want everyone's story to be told. And that's what I focus on. I love it. Yeah. I think that's exactly, you know, it just feels so in alignment and, in, and I think it is wonderful to, to share those stories from that perspective. So that's, that's incredible. I'm so happy you're doing that. It, it makes a difference, you know, because yeah. being beings, you know, we, we go into environments, we go into all these different energies and we put our feelers out there. And if our energies are vibing together, everything just flows. If you're not yes. vibing and the, the provoking and all that 
that stuff they do for TV is like, dude, stop, just enough. You know, you're just yeah. making it go, I want to hang out with you. They're already <laughs> sitting in the front yard waiting for you to leave. So it's like you're not getting anywhere. Yeah, so exactly. I, I do, exactly. I do believe in positive positivity and love, you know, that makes the world go around. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. So do you ever do any of that kind of stuff when you go on the shows and people try to ask you if they can contact like their grandmas or their moms or, or family members? You know, I haven't, I don't think I've done it for um, a show except my own. Um, but it's something I could easily do. So if I went into, you know, one of those Victorian homes, I'd absolutely be able to say, okay, who, who lived here? What was it like? Uh, what happened, you know, so having that ability has always been there for me, just kind of knowing, um, just because I have such a clear, open communication with the other side that I feel like, you know, it's easy. I feel like they genuinely want to talk to me. And maybe just because from the age of four, you know, I was never afraid. We always had an open conversation. I always felt safe with the spirit world. I never felt um, that I was in harm's way. And so I think because I have that trust with them that I feel like they trust me in return. And so they will share things or give me things and talk about things. So, you know, it is really uh, amazing and, and really cool. I had, a you know, again, once when I was uh, starting to transition full time into this, I lived in a townhome and, you know, so just one separate wall to the next door neighbor. And it had been a mother and her son. She was an older lady and her son was probably around 50 or early 50s. You know, and I did not know him too well. But the mother had passed away. And uh, so he was the only one there. And I never talked to him. But I was kind of at the table one day studying. And I got this, like, massive, like, anxiety and a feeling of, oh, Randy's dying. That was his name. Oh, Randy's dying. So I call a neighbor and I said, hey, I think Randy's in trouble. And I jump over this wall that separates our units. And he had a sliding back door and we opened it up and we're yelling for him. We don't hear him. I run through this man's house. So I have never talked to him. I've never been in that house. I just decided to break and entering. <laughs> and I run up and stairs. He's not in the house. So I was mortified. I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe the neighbor saw me. And so the next thing I know, uh, the next day, Randy knocks on my door and he said, oh, I heard you were looking for me. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, I was in the hospital. And I said, well, next time, you know, let me know because, you know, I was worried. But then again, it was about two weeks after that. And the same feeling happened, Stefan, same feeling. So this time, you know, I mean, wouldn't you think like, to me, logically, wouldn't you think, yeah, I'm going to ignore that feeling because I had it and I was wrong and I, you know, now it's getting weird. And that's not what happened. It was the opposite. I call 911 to then say, hey, this man, I don't even know if he's in trouble. I can't get into his house the door is locked now. So two officers come and they said they could break down the door. I was like, Oh, don't break down the door. <laughs> but there was a little window open. So they put me through that window and sure enough, 
you know, my heart's racing and uh, I kind of come around the corner and in the living room and in a recliner, let sitting right there, looking right at me with his eyes wide open is Randy and he has passed away. And there was such a sense of peace and such a sense of calm. And I just go and I open the door and let the uh, officers in. Wow. That's, that's pretty heavy duty. But, you know, the fact that you're picking up on the calmness and the peace, you know, that's, that's an awesome thing. It could have been something horrible. Maybe he died violently or something happened. And, yeah. you know, that's the worst part. I, I think about that a lot. I think about my own uh, mortality and when it's time for me to go. All I ask for is to make it nice and simple and easy, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be suffering or, or throwing up every day until then. It's like, no, no. Just I, yeah. get comfy, go to sleep, and then move it on. That would be the ideal way, wouldn't it? It sure yeah. would be. I, I would have to agree, yes. Yeah, I always think about it. No pain, please. I don't, I, yes. I'm not good with pain. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Nice. So you, you're doing a lot of, um, so you're doing a lot of teaching too on your website as well? People come to yes. classes and stuff? Yeah. So, you know, there's so many people, like I said, look, all of us have intuition, all of us have gifts. There's just, I think there's such a movement, you know, where this is so much more acceptable. And the idea that people really want to tune into their higher self and their own gifts just to help them with direction. Maybe they do want to be of service to other people, but they're not exactly sure how to do it. They're not exactly sure how to understand something, right? Like, for instance, you know, if you go into a room and you feel a certain way, there's a lot of times you're thinking it's you making it up, right? When really, no, you're picking up on somebody else and understanding that difference or understanding how to um, have perception or how to interpret something or how to put two things together uh, that you are experiencing. So that's really what I do with students is I just help them understand how, how are our senses being utilized within that psychic and mediumship connection? How do we become more aware of those tools? How do we implement them more? How do we become of service in a way that has integrity, authenticity, um, and that adds value and healing to people? And then making sure that my students, um, you know, are also in alignment with what makes them, brings them joy of how they want to work. That's awesome. Guiding them to all the all, all the questioning and what they have, like we said in the beginning, you know, getting them the right answers to get them on the path. Is awesome. Yes. Yes. Do you do classes like do weekly or do you have to they make a reservation to do a class or how do you do? I teach Not at university, so that's why I'm asking. Oh, that's great. Uh, so I do them in, uh, we go the in cycles. So there's normally like a series of four classes for practice and they kind of run periodically throughout the year. So if someone is, you know, on my website or on my email list, you know, then they get in the first know, right? They're going to know firsthand, you know, when those next classes are coming up. And there are times where there's been a one day workshop or two hour workshop, uh, things like that, working on a 
more of a specific modality. But yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I have a great time with it. And uh, I really do enjoy teaching and helping people connect. And uh, like I said, I think just anything we do, right, Stefan, when you have that connection to people, to the other side, you know, I think it's so beautiful because you you start to realize that all of our souls are connected and intertwined and they are one. And when we can help, you know, facilitate that communication from this world to the next, it brings us a lot of peace and a lot of joy. And, you know, you, you don't worry as much and you don't stress as much. And I think you have more faith in general. And I feel like that is so empowering and helpful. And I, we're in a world where, you know, we need more of that anyway. So I love being a part of that path and that journey. That's awesome. That's that's an important thing. And I, I think that's great that you're doing series of classes, you know, four classes. That makes sense. You just can't explain everything in one class. There's just not enough time. So when you do the beginning of it, the the middle of it, and then finally the, the grand finale of some of these classes, it all comes together as a series, which helps yes. out a lot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Design. Now, this might be a little bit different, but you might get this question a lot lately. So with all the things that are happening in the world, uh, whether it's natural disasters and stuff, uh, and a lot of the stress, because there's a lot of chaos going on in the world right now, and everything is shaken up. So there's, there's, there's energies just free-flowing randomly in every different direction. Uh, does that affect you on a daily basis? Do you pick up on a lot of that? Because we were talking about the beginning. One of the first things is being empathic and we're picking up on all the emotions and stuff. How does that affect you? You know, I, I do believe it impacts. It's And then there's times when it's unbeknownst to me why I'm feeling a certain way. So, you know, it may be, I may start to feel a little anxious or agitated on edge. And I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe I can't quite pinpoint what happens. And the next day, you know, we have an earthquake or we have a natural disaster or something comes in. So there are kind of mm, moments where I will have those kind of premonitions coming in. But also, you know, yeah, when we see the tragedy of Maui or Libya or you know, those things come in. I mean, it is so hard. I mean, there's a part of me that has to kind of tune it out because it will be just so hard to, you know, handle and deal with. And so there's a part where you can understand it and feel it, but then I also have to kind of release it as well uh, because, you know, it's hard, but it's also hard if you know someone and they're going through a really tough time and, you know, you want to help them, but maybe there's nothing you can do to help them. You know, and I think a lot of doing this work, Stefan, and I think maybe with you as well, right? It's about surrendering. We have to surrender. You know, as much as we want to be there or fix things or prevent things from happening, you know, we can't. We we don't have um, that type of power. You know, what we can do is have understanding. We might be able to give some insight, maybe um, some answers around it, but uh, we are not here to prevent everything that does happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We all we all we can do is try to stay positive and hope for the best, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I was just wondering about that being empathic because sometimes I'll be doing something, whether I'm on the computer or just doing something, 
all of a sudden I get these urges where I'm like, I go in like panic mode, I start stressing out. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, how am I going to get through this? Or, oh yes. my God, my life is horrible. It's like, wait a second, my life's not horrible. Where is this coming from? My life kicks ass. I'm like, what? Where is this energy coming from? <laughs> yeah. I just feel down. I used to think that I had like uh, chronic depression. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm just picking up on all these random. Right. And I try to describe it to people. It's like being in in the water, in a pool and something. All of a sudden a current comes by and it just kind of runs into you like a, like a little tiny wave and stuff. And it, it affects you that way. You're just coming across this energy source of depression and it hits you like, oh man, that totally sucks. And you're like, yeah. well, what totally sucks? I don't even know what totally sucks. So why am I feeling that? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of times too for us, you know, again, we don't always go by words of what someone says. We go by the energy of a person, right? So I don't know about you. There's so many times I've reacted to someone's energy versus their words, right? Their words may say, well, thank you. Have a nice day. But their energy is unhappy at their job. Their energy is they don't want to be there or they don't want you there, <laughs> you yeah. know? So it is interesting that a lot of times we can react off of the energy that we're picking up, you know, because for us, energy is a language and that's a big part of it. Energy is a language. Absolutely. You know, and, and we know that we walk into rooms, we can pick up on what's going on, the feeling. Yes. Of it. And, yes. It's easy for someone to fake a smile. You know, I, I just going to restaurants. I, I see that, you know, people yeah. are there they're like, Hey, how you doing today? And I know this girl's tired. She doesn't care. She's there for a paycheck. She's not trying to be anybody's friends. She just wants to get through it. And it's like, wow, how sad. You know, I hope she finishes school or what she's looking for, you know, so she'll be happy. But I, I see it. Yes. You know, these young these young people are just like they don't want to work at McDonald's and stuff. They don't care about that. That's just a passing phase for them. So they don't totally get into it. You yeah, know, and yeah. I totally get that. Uh, we we go in there, we we experience that, we feel that, you know, yes. and that's great. It's trying to make it like, oh, welcome, have a great day, all this stuff. I but we can feel that. Yeah, you know, yeah like, exactly. I appreciate them trying to be positive, but I hope them the best or whatever. Yes. So awesome. I know you have a class coming in. Do you start exactly at three o'clock? Yeah, we start exactly at three. I open up that room, get them all in there, and and we then uh, we then just get them started for sure. Yes. Well, awesome. well, I'm not going to keep you much longer. Um, we've talked pretty much about all that stuff. Once again, everybody, you can go to ColbyRebel.com, uh, buy the books, check it out, a little bit more, a little bit more about her and what she does. Uh, book a session if she's got some time for you. Make sure you go there and check it out. Uh, let her know what you think. Make sure you follow her on all her socials as well. Uh, you have Facebook and Twitter. Or do you have Twitter? Yeah, I have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn and Pinterest. <laughs> all, all the stuff that we need we need for marketing. Mm -hmm. So that's perfect. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate that. It's been a, my pleasure having this conversation with you um and hopefully we can do this again you know it's you never know do you, do you live in the la area in southern california I area? do. yes yeah i'm in la 
Well, I might just hit you up and bring you out in one of our investigations and walk around some of these old mansions. I think you might like I that. would love it. Yes, uh, that would be so much fun. I would absolutely do that. That would be great. Thank you so much. And I've just had the best time talking with you, Stefan. So thank you so much for having me on with you today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. All right, everybody. That was Colby. Make sure you follow her on all her socials. Check it out. Go get the books. You know, what she's talking about sounds so great. Having a book that you can use the quick reference guide, um, psychic senses, all that stuff. Uh, just go out there. And if you're trying to learn more about being psychic, if you're psychic, you want to talk to somebody about it, go ahead and hit her up. You know, she's there for you. You need to reach out to me. You guys could always uh, reach out to me at my darkest hour radio at gmail.com. I will do my best to get to everybody. I will get to your question, whatever it is, you know, but every time I'm just, I got a new episode coming out or a new film project that gets released, I get bombarded with so many emails and I do answer every single one of them. I promise you guys know me. You've been following me for years and uh, I will totally get to you. And that is going to be it for this episode of my darkest hour. I truly appreciate you guys being here. And we will see you guys uh, the next episode. I got a filming project coming up to finish, and then we start editing. But in between the editing, I will make sure to get to you guys. So until then, you guys have an awesome and safe investigation. Whatever you're doing, make sure you investigate safe. And we'll see you next time on My Darkest Hour.